Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hey, laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing the second episode of the second season of Resistance, titled A Quick Salvage Run. Now, before we get started, I think there's one very small, not at all important announcement. William, you want to tell us all about that? Yeah, there is a rumor. Uh, again, I will preface this. This is a rumor that we're going to get the uh, theatrical trailer for The Rise of Skywalker along with ticket sales on October 21st. This is coming from Black Series Rebels. Again, we don't know if it's true or not, but um, it, you know, it, it seems likely we are due for a trailer we're, anytime. We're due for something. Yeah. We're what, two and a half months out from yeah. episode nine and we have nothing but a teaser trailer? Yeah, yeah. and we're, There is a trailer coming soon. Yeah, it may 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 or may not be this exact date, but like I bet you we have one by end of the month. Yeah, yeah. At some point we'll get something. Yeah, the rumors it'll be during Monday Night Football though, and it, it, if they if they fa- they follow the same pattern as years past, and basically what that means is that ticket they'll do the, they'll do the uh, trailer during halftime, and then the uh, the the f- tickets will go on sale uh, sometime around that time. I mean, sometimes they've gone up. A little before accidentally um <laughs> uh typically i think they're supposed to drop as soon as the trailer hits sometimes they happen after the game but get ready start getting your plans together uh put together your crew uh as uh as, as you, this, you might is say this solo no we're, we're no. assembling a crew no oh, <laughs> I, I mean we are assembling a crew for the rise of skywalker it's uh it's not solo it's skywalker um ah yes yes but anyway Take it with a grain of salt right now. It's a rumor, but I would not be surprised if that comes to pass, given that we're getting pretty darn close to the movie. Cannot wait. Yeah. Yep. So excited. So excited. But first, I'm excited to talk about tonight's episode. Tom? Sure. What we're going to be reviewing tonight is Resistance Season 2, Episode 2, A Quick Salvage Run, written by Brandon Oman and directed by Bosco Ning. Now, the Colossus is in dire need of hyperfuel, and Kaz suggests that they take it from a down, down, uh, First Order ship. The salvage mission is compromised when the First Order shows up. So the episode starts basically with Tam listening to Kaz's message again. Now, you know, this I, I know it's there's a certain point in which one Kaz has got to get over it that maybe there's no way he's going to be able to uh, turn Tam. And two, Tam either has to, if she wants to be a first order, first order pilot, is going to have to let go of the Colossus, uh, her friends, or basically work within the system to compromise the first order. Uh, you know... I don't know. And then all, and then she gets caught, which was very cool to see, you know, Jace Rucklin in this because didn't we see him on the Colossus earlier? Yeah. So Jace was the kind of annoying guy that was the, you know, the classic, like, don't, I was gonna say, don't do drugs. That's not quite right. But like, you know, the popular kid tells you to jump off a bridge. Don't jump off a bridge kind of right. character. Right. Mm. So not at all a surprise that he shows up 
working for the first order. Yeah, yeah. We, like, we never see it happen. It kind not of happens at all off surprised. screen, but again, not at all surprised. What what kind of bothered me, like, so I I I love how how we see Tam struggling with the message from from Kaz, but the thing that kind of bothered me about this is it felt it felt a little cheap because like at the end of the last episode we see her shut off the message and put on her helmet and it looks like a decision has been made right it looks like Mm -hmm. no i'm not going to listen to it at all and i believe that's Um, because in that last episode she didn't even hear the first she didn't hear the whole message she only started with with it right and then cut it off exactly yeah she didn't even listen to the whole thing it kind of undoes the development of the previous episode like in the previous episode it's it felt a little her shutting it off is it's meant to be the like, oh, she's clearly not even not even remotely interested. Yeah, uh, and, and this entire episode, it reveals that starting to work through. I think those details. Yeah, and I I do like the 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 story arc they're telling with Tamma. Don't don't get me wrong here. I just felt right. like having those back to back, especially if you watch the episodes back to back. It's literally you know, she shuts out, starts to listen to half the message or you know first you know, few set, you know, word, a couple words of the message shuts it off, puts on her helmet. The next episode, she takes off her helmet and listens to the message again. It's just a little weird watching them back to back. Um, but, but that being said, that, I, I do. That like didn't bother me part. as go ahead. Sorry. Steven, go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. I was going to say like, I, that didn't bother me as much. Like that's to me, that's very much a, you want to end the previous episode on a strong note and you know, uh, Tam dramatically removing uh, and cutting off the message is a way to end it that mm-hmm. way. Um, but then you you want do want to open it up a little bit more and so on. So I, it it didn't really bother me. Um, I do hope Tam doesn't spend the entire season kind of waffling back and forth. I do want to see this kind of plot resolved relatively quickly. Yep. The will she won't she become you know go evil? I don't find as interesting of a story personally. Really? Oh. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. Like, I either want to see her go full evil, and I mean, she can come back later. I think that's yeah. okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to see her waffling for the entire season. No, I, okay. I would love to see her, like, waffle for an episode or two, then become committed. Maybe she even sees something that looks like, you know, the her her friends betraying her again or, or something. Remember, they get into a space yep. battle, and then she just becomes fully committed, and then they have to try to rescue her and convince her to come back. Um, exactly. That would be cool to okay. see. And given that this is the last season of the series, I hope that they'll they won't spend much time on on stuff. But I think we're leaving something out because doesn't Commander Pyre mention at a certain point that she should be going for reprogramming? So there is a certain point where she could be committed to her friends on the Colossus, but we don't know if the reprogramming thing is a you know, voluntary thing where they go and get reprogrammed or in the middle of her sleep, they do something. I mean, we don't know what the reprogramming is. Oh, we know a little bit from some of the books and things like that, Mm -hmm. I think, right? Yeah, but true. But in this case, how are they going to do it? If if we know that little bit from the book. It sounds like they basically wipe her memory, right? With the reprogramming or or at least like Uh, make her believe, you know, fully, make her like fully committed to the cause. She kind of loses part of herself. You know, we've seen that in some of the other books, if, if if I recall. Yeah, um, uh, I think Phasma. Does does Phasma have it? I think it was Phasma. Yeah, I'm trying oh, to remember which one it was in. I'd have to go back and. Re- but, it, but like that's a scary thing, and and, and you're right, Tom. That they kind of 
it's it's right ne- right near the end of the episode after they've you know uh, after Tam's kind of helped them a bit. Uh, Pyre basically tells Tierney, "Oh no, we need you know we should she needs to be reconditioned for now. They want to keep her as she is because she's critical to finding the Colossus. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like I don't know that would be even more heart wrenching if midway through the episode, like just imagine midway through the season, they recondition her." Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That sounds like a great, great story arc to me. Like yeah. she's reconditioned, an and then she faces Kaz and doesn't even remember who. Doesn't even necessarily recognize him, maybe, or is like, or or she recognizes him, but there's no emotion, no caring anymore. Yeah, yeah. That would just be fascinating to explore. And then, like, is there a way to come back from that? Can she come and, back and, from that? And you see that? That's the other thing if she gets reconditioned is a thing to where it may be and it may end up against her will. Mm-hmm. And at some point in the middle of the episode, she does kind of work in favor of the Colossus and she gets caught. It could be the whole thing of just like that, you know, they catch her. It's the whole struggle thing. You can't do this to me. And then they take her off for reconditioning. And then it would be more heartbreaking that she ends up in a space battle with Kaz. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even face to face. Yeah. That, that, that would be fascinating for them to explore. Yeah, like what, what exactly does the reconditioning do? How, what does it right. mess with you? Is it, can you come back from it? Can you ever remember? Well, you, know, you your past? be able to come back from it. Cause I mean, Finn is, Finn did. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't necessarily remember his, he was able to break well, the conditioning, but he, but he doesn't really remember orphan too. Presumably like mm, most of the first order are conditioned orphans. That's true. I guess we don't really know how much of the reconditioning. Is it just training you to believe in like, you know, but kind of brainwashing you to believe their their ideals and their 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 goals and their mission, or is it like a full memory wipe? We don't. Yeah, know. full memory wipe. Yeah. Well, something tells me we're gonna find out. I, I hope so. It's, that I hope happens in in these in the season of Rebel uh, Resistance. I I think it. I, I hope it does. I think I think it will. I think it will. And I hate to say this, I guess the best character to see that happen to would be Tam. Uh, I bet you we see it with Jace too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but 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 when it I comes bet. to Jace, when it comes to Jace, you can almost, I would say, excuse that because it seems like he's already bought into it. No, he won't be oh, the sure. emotional. Cause, piece. I, I, yeah, because he's the one that he's the one that's kind of pushing Tam. Because when he found her, he's like, "You better tell them you had this message." So my my guess is we're gonna get an episode, and maybe it's the next episode, uh, where Jace is. Uh, like, you know, you see him normally kind of his arrogant self and Tam is, you know, dealing with him like she normally does. And then halfway through the episode, he's like just gone. He's flatter. He's no longer antagonistic, you know, still committed to the First Order, but there's a very clear difference. And then it, I think the episode either ends with Tam being conditioned or, you know, maybe her escaping or I don't know. But yeah. that's that's my guess. Yeah. I don't know. This, having, honestly, this I haven't seen any. Sorry, go ahead. This honestly makes me more excited, though. Like the and maybe we're way, we could be way off base with our speculation here, but well, I think this kind of stuff is it would be just fascinating. I think we have to be way off base. Yeah, but th- th- this kind of plot point I think would be absolutely fascinating to see because we, we st- for all for all of the new movies we've gotten and all of the books. Uh, and the comics, we still don't really know much about how the first order works and operates. Very true. And yep. and so seeing like where they're gonna go, you know, now 
that we're in the time period we're in, as we'll talk about in just a minute, and seeing where you know the the more of the dynamics of the first order and how that works and the the fact that they built up this emotional connection to Tam in last season and now they're you know they're 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 we're seeing her her fall. Um, it, I think there's just a lot of really fantastic potential there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I found, we're, we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna take this to Kaz because I found it fascinating when you go back to the Colossus that Sonara is the one that finds out that Kaz tried to uh, contact Tam, and she was furious about that. It's like you know what, it, it, it's like I can understand at a certain point where it's like Kaz can can try and and turn people. Sonara is probably a good example. He was able to turn her, but I liked how that dynamic of Sonara getting mad at him for doing this. And he's just like, I, I can't let a friend. It's like, there's a certain point you've got to just draw a line. You know? Yeah. I, wanna, I really hope one of these days Kaz is, I don't say punished for his uh, immaturity, but like this was a particularly not smart idea. This was almost very damaging right. for him to do it. Yeah. Like, I mean the entire plot of the episode and the resistance being put in danger happens because of because because of cats right right and and it's like can't he i mean if he was supposed to be he was the rebel spy originally in the first season he should know better than to do something like this exactly right because i mean even as um you know as they they we they note in the last episode they have no way to know if she received it if they if it actually went to her or intercepted by the first order or if she as Correct. it turns out hands it over to the first order as, as jace basically uh convinces her to do um he has no way to know and he's just putting them all in trouble and i i hope that he he gets some sort of punishment or, or learns his lesson at the very least and stops, starts making smarter choices. Absolutely. And probably the best way for him to learn his lesson, (laughs) sorry, is when he meets Tam either in a space battle when she's fully reconditioned or somehow face to face and she's fully reconditioned and does not remember him. Like you mentioned, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. What one, one little bait and switch I, I did enjoy though was um you know shortly after we see her get the message and we and she she supposedly is going to turn it into the first order and then we go to we cut to kaz and he's talking about the message and you know like you said sonara's all upset and then we find out he gets a he has a message on a long-range communication he has a long-range communication on a secured frequency and i don't know about you guys but the first thing i thought was oh tam's calling already or the first order is calling on behalf of that was yeah, that, that, that was, was my mine assumption. Too. Yeah, yeah. Do we? When does this take place compared to Last Jedi? Do we know? So I mean, obviously, we know it takes place after. I guess it has to take place after. It Last is Jedi. after Last. Yeah. So yeah, and well, yeah. That that we do see the the wreckage of the Fulminatrix around Dakar. So it's 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 after Last Jedi. Whether it's you know minutes after or days after, it's. Not well, clear. it's got to be some amount of time because you know there's no one else there yet. Right. Or sorry, the first order is no longer there. Right. Yeah, it could be all after they just just after they leave or or whatnot. But before we discuss that, because I'd love to talk at the time about the time period, um, it turns out the communication itself is actually from Kaz's father, Hamato Ziono. He's still alive. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about I forgot that about one. That. That's. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's, that's a was, huge piece I'm, of I'm, piece of uh, piece of news, Stephen. No, I was gonna say yeah, like that's uh, a pretty major character because he's a senator, right? As mm-hmm. I recall. So having you know probably one of the few senators for uh, that's left of the new republic is kind of kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, what was surprising is you've got you've got him telling him to get as far away as possible and basically just don't even deal with the rebellion. It's I mean the resistance. It's like okay, first off, what does that mean? You know, is he are they just flat out given up to the first order? Who's ever left from Hosnian Prime? Are they, or is he telling him for his safety to stay away from the resistance because his dad is reworking for the resistance? It's a great question to figure out going forward because didn't the message get kind of cut off at the end? It didn't never finished. Yeah, but it, his dad basically says like they they served they survived only because they were off world. But now that Kaz right. has been identified by the first order, he basically has a target on his back. Uh, oh, sorry, on his on his family's back. His whole well, family true, is on being the family. targeted. Yeah. Um, and that's why he wants Kaz to, 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 to leave and get away and stop joining the resistance. Thought thing I found, found most interesting though, is that we're now in a post last Jedi time period. Like Hosnian prime has been destroyed, right? Yep. Um, the resistance space on Dakar has been attacked and yet it sounds to me like the Senate is still acting like they're not at war with the first order. I would have thought that the galaxy at this point would be like arming up for war because I, what, full, full what is board, it that gave yeah. you that impression? What I because I what is it that gave you the impression that the, that's how the Senate is treating it? Only because uh, his dad says that um, his dad says that because Kaz has joined the resistance, he's put his family in danger, and like he's a senator. He's a senator in the you know, in of the of the New Republic. Of course, like he would already be targeted by the First Order. How is having his son officially be part of the Resistance really that much different? Uh, interesting. Okay, I didn't. That's uh, I maybe see, it's I a bit of a leap there, a little bit. But yeah, I I kind of took uh, it as more of he's concerned about his son okay. versus. Uh, or, you know, and like something a little bit more direct that way. How, uh, how about oh, finish it? Finish your thought. Cause no, I got, but, yeah, now I'm not sure. Cause you're right. That is a much a statement that's much closer to, you know, <laughs> don't do anything to upset the first order. You know, you know it's very oh, important. Right. Like okay, we, well, how, we don't want them to come way? after how? us. That, that's what it sounded more like. Cause also in the past, I don't know. Oh, his, I think his dad right. was never really supportive of him in, in mm-hmm. the resistance. And so, Sounded more like, what are you doing? Why are you still with those guys? Now, not only are you in danger, you put your whole family in danger, and you're being reckless, son. Leave. Get out of there. Stop that. Oh, okay, let's let's take that and flip it on its head. Who's to say his dad isn't working for the First Order and trying to set this up as a trap? I mean, sure, it was a secure, huh. long-range communication thing. Sure, he's sitting there threatening that there's bounty hunters after him. But we don't, because Stephen, you even brought up a good point. It seems like the Senate somehow thinks that the the galaxy is not in a quote-unquote full-blown war after the full-on destruction of Hosnian Prime, the car being destroyed. There's something fishy going on here, if that's the case, because I agree, there has to be a full-blown war going on. There's no way the Senate could be sitting here denying this. Yeah, I'm I'm perplexed. Yeah. 
because I feel like we haven't in all Why? the books of the comics that at least I, I I read all the books. The comics I'm a little bit behind well, on. Same here. Not the comics, I haven't but seen. Uh, I haven't really. We haven't really seen much about the New Republic post Last Jedi or 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 even post uh, Hosnian Prime. Uh, not a ton. Uh, right. And the dynamics in the galaxy. I don't know. It was just an interesting mm-hmm. comment. Either way, Kaz decides to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Well, of course. And then either way, the Colossus does arrive at the car only to find that the resistance base isn't responding and there's destruction all over the place. Yeah. I. The one thing I thought was really cool is it. Uh, did William, I know you played Battlefront too. Tom, did you ever play it at all? No. Eric so there is was, playing it. couple of space maps like for the fighter combat that take place over Dakar and it's in the debris field after the Fulminatrix is destroyed and it was really mm. cool seeing it from that this perspective as well like it it like it not that it looks all that different but it was just I liked the that consistency of like oh this mm-hmm. is like this is what the aftermath of a massive space battle looks like when you know mm. a massive ship is destroyed and so on it was a very very I just like the environment a lot well, it sounds like it's really nice that they're tying in the story into the game. They're they're really trying to make a huge world out of it because they're doing the comics, they're doing the series, they tied this into the game. So it's really nice how they're doing that, especially when yeah. it shows up in a show like this. Yeah, definitely. No, no, yeah. Really oh, what, one more thing I, I um, forgot to mention. Uh, sorry, before we leave the uh, topic about Kaz's dad. He mentions that bounty hunters might be sent after Kaz. Do you do you think we'll see this happen in the show? Probably, but that's too direct of a setup to not be uh, something specific. Oh, just throw it out there. Maybe a certain Mandalorian. I don't know. Just kidding. It's, Would be interesting. Or I mean, or um, uh, IG IG IG. What's the when not IG eighty eight? The one that's actually in the show. That one to me would. I don't think we'll get much of a crossover between, like, given the time periods between them. I don't think we'll see much crossover between the two shows. Ever know? You never Could know. Be cool. Yeah, yeah. Could be cool. It would be cool. I, I also agree. I don't think it's very likely, though. Oh well, had to throw it out there, but it would be fun. Oh, it would be. It'd be. Yeah. Oh, it'd be something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please, Stephen. I was going to say, so, you know, they arrive at Dakar, and as we recall from the previous episode, fuel is kind of getting low. You know, I think, uh, was it uh, Niku who calls out that they're getting low on fuel? Um, and this episode kind of deals with the aftermath. You know, they arrive at Dakar, they're expecting a resistance base, which Kaz assures everyone, well, oh, yeah, they'll give us lots of fuel, lots of food, you know, not going to be an issue whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not quite so. A little difficult when there's no base. No base, no nothing, but they did get lucky by having the, uh, I, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing this thing. The full, okay, Stephen, can you pronounce the ship, please? The, the Fulminatrix. Yeah, thank you. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that. But luckily, they were able to track down that that ship still had some supplies on there, and luckily for them, some coaxium. Yeah, so it, it, I, I actually really enjoyed the the fact that we're, uh, we're starting to see the coaxium from Solo show up in other parts of the Ooh, I, I know you're not a fan. Steven. I can't stand okay. it. I, I didn't mind it in Solo, to be fair, but like, it's it's starting to bother me now. Okay, yeah, it but is, 
no uh, like hyperspace fuel is fine but uh, like the additional details of like having it be unstable uh, yeah just the the massive amount of instability and like the fact that it's super expensive but like every single ship in the galaxy you would obviously need it also kind of weirds me out and you know it's just i just feel like it doesn't fit super well i guess if that makes sense but but the unstableness adds to the drama of it all that you have a oh, time I, frame to get it yes. somewhere because it actually worked itself out in this episode. There's only one thing about it that bothered me. It's only and I'm going to say this and I don't want to jump to the end, but I am one little piece of coaxium powers that whole ship. And that's it's why I find part of the reason I find coaxium annoying is because it's it doesn't feel like it has. It feels like the rules exist solely for the story uh, rather than you know, the, yeah. the movie. Like that's what drives the rules of coaxium. See, I thought I thought based on solo, it was that whole cylinder, all those little things, not that one little itty bitty piece. Oh, even, even in solo, I think you see. Yeah, you do. Like that's a the attention to detail here is good. Like it looks identical to me from solo and okay, Resistance. right. I think to your point, Stephen, um, the bigger problem is that the the value of it. Is a little is a little weird, and then the amount, um, the value, the amount, and it like. But like the mechanics of super, how it works doesn't really bother me. It's like no, a the, cylinder; it's kind yeah, of unstable. I mean, you got to be careful that you put in the ship. Big deal, you know. Yeah, that I have no problem with that yeah. at all. The price that the price I can I can live with. I I was going to say something, but I'm not going to do it. But I can live with the price of it being the amount that it is. It's just for me. It's just that one little itty bitty cylinder can power especially for the colossus as big as that thing is you're telling me that one little bitty cylinder can power that whole thing apparently well i would think i would think the full cylinder a big cylinder with a bunch of little cylinders inside would be the thing that would power it but you know what it's the suspension of disbelief so it's got to run with it yeah Yeah. one of the things i really liked about the 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 episode though was the way in which we see Tierney continue to try to seduce and 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 turn yeah. Tam mm-hmm. over to the First Order, you know they they manage to Tam does turn in the the her comlink with the message from Kaz, and that lets helps them trace it back to the Alenium system, which obviously helps them figure out that it's Dakar and um. Uh, but but we also get this these great scenes where Tierney is is kind of manipulating Tam and and kind of using Kaz's message against her, saying like, "Oh, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for you to hear such a such a manipulative message from Kaz, Tam." And you know what? The definition of putting words in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what? I'll do something special for you. You know what? Maybe. I'll let you witness the price of your friend's betrayal that's just special. for you. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that to me, that to me is kind of, kind of evil. Right. And when Tam doesn't say anything, she's like, don't you appreciate this? You know, yeah. it's just very well acted, very well uh, written. Um, it was, it was just great to see. Crazy as it sounds, I would really like to see, I, I'd like to see more from Agent Tyranny and just, Another show in a book form, because you're right, the manipulation of Tam is right now really interesting to watch. Very and much when so. she can, she uses it every time. 
Yeah. Again, as we were saying earlier, the the whole plot with Tam continues to be, I think, the most interesting part of this season so mm, far. For sure. Yeah. And what, what I find fascinating, and you want to talk about manipulation, I like how Kaz tried to talk to pirates or did talk to pirates and actually getting over to the, the First Order ship to help them plunder and pillage the thing for supplies. I found that funny, or I found that interesting. He, know, he, knows, I, how to, he knows how to speak pirate. Yeah, he does. And, and Nico totally joins in just like, oh, this is great. I get to be a pirate. Yay. This is what you do. Yeah, and I mean, it, it comes at a price. They have to owe uh, Captain Doza has to owe Craig and Gore a favor, and yeah. they get to be able to plunder as much as they want. Uh, which you know, a bit a bit over the top. Uh, yeah, given that they're all like about to die, and yet the pirates are are trying to um, uh, you know steal everything they can from the from the ship. But it does give you some nice humorous moments as well. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I really appreciate that pirate ship, the galleon. Mm-hmm. I think that's really it, the design of design. it is really, really yeah. solid. Yeah. Yeah. I would, as crazy as it is, I'd love to see a Lego of that ship. If they were somehow able to pull it off, I'd love to see it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, and just the, the whole, the whole sequence of, of landing on the fulminatrix and, and uh, thankfully, the ship has air, and you know, and and locating the the hyperdrive and the, the coaxium was was pretty cool. It was very straightforward, I would say, which is not necessarily yeah. a problem, you know. Well, um, what what else could you have done within that other than throwing in, let's say, um, unnecessary hurdles and stuff? Yeah, like, an yeah. Un- unnecessary creature inside the ship, or maybe you know, some leftover first order stormtroopers or something like that. I think with this because they had just that little bit going on with Tam, the best way to treat this was get to point A, get to point B, and get out. Yeah, yeah I'm glad they didn't add and try and make uh, something out of it, like more challenge out of the ship than it made, than made yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, also they were able to work in a little bit of comedy with the pirates. As it was mentioned, they were pillaging and, and stuff like that. It's like there was that little bit in there, but it didn't slow down this section at all. And Niku just is having a grand old time oh, learning about time being a life pirate. of, you know, trying to become a pirate. <laughs> My gosh, Niku. Oh. Yeah. But their fun is very short-lived when the First Order shows up and starts uh, doing what it does best. It starts shooting things. <laughs> yeah. And almost causes the, the, the coaxium to, to explode. Multiple uh, times, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, Craig and Gore didn't help when he slammed his fist into it. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minor details. Um, um, I did really appreciate as well. The first order actually like it's like, no, well, just like if they're inside the the big wreckage, like just start shooting the wreckage. I enjoyed seeing capital yep. ships actually fire at things that are important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, ah, we need to destroy that thing. Send in two fighters and we'll wait and eventually they'll get through it. Like, no, they actually do the thing they're supposed to do. Wonderful. Yes. And, and I also loved like, this was so well done where they, they actually used the aces to defend against the incoming first order ties. You know, while, while the, while the first order is bombarding the fulminatrix, you know, tyranny launches a squadron of tie fighters and Doza just sends out the aces to defend everyone. And I I feel like they're finally using the aces and the pirates and everyone right. Like this is exactly what they should be doing. The pirates do go 
try to salvage this stuff. The first order does, um, you know, they, they would try to attack with their tie fighters and, and use the aces to defend. They did that great in the season finale. And it's just nice mm-hmm. to see that continuing. I feel like it's all these different plot threads are finally, finally, finally coming out. together. Yeah. Which is so and, much uh, yeah. nicer. And I really appreciate it. It was the one, uh, aces pilot that did sit there and say that, you know, I, somebody said that they are racers, not so much fighter pilots. It was something to that extent to where it was just like, you know, yes, we, we can fight, but we're more this than that. I mean, yeah, I I'm think it was, yeah, it was, it was the, the one I can't remember her name, but it was the one that was in red. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Um, but I, I like that because it shows that yeah, Freya sure they're, they're the, they're there to defend, but they're not going to be as equal as a first order tie pilot. They will have a little bit of weakness to professional pilots, uh, combat pilots. Yeah. Right. But it was, it was good enough to just defend against, yep. against the, the first order until the galleon could, you know, slide back into the hangar, uh, with a you know, rough and with a rough landing just in time and, uh, you know, and, and, and make an escape. Uh, and, and, you know, despite the, I know you're, con- I know you have some valid points, Stephen, about the coaxium, but it did make it for some tense situation as Niku is sitting there trying to drop the coaxium into the drive. And yeah, it was, I mean, I can understand what they're doing, even if I'm not always the fan of yeah. the, yeah, the various pieces of it. But yeah, like I, the tension of, you know, trying to get the coaxium back to the ship in time, trying to, you know, do all these little things they have to do in order to be able to jump away, watching the Colossus, the shields fail and they start taking damage. Just all of it. I thought worked very, very well. Mm-hmm. It was a good, it was a good way to get the episode to a very thrilling conclusion before they're able to set up the next episode. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yep. Yeah. I thought so too. And, and just all the little details around like the, where the, um, the Colossus, you know, the, the shields finally fail and it starts actually taking severe hull damage, mm-hmm. um, right before they, they make the jump to, to hyperspace. Yeah. Uh, and, and they escape, but not without severe losses. And so, yeah, yeah it, it was now, good. It, I, I thought I liked how they, you know they're no longer at Dakar, and now the question is, where are they going? What are they going to do? You know, Yeager has a suspicion that uh, the First Order found them too easily. Do Do you think he'll make the connection that it was Gaz? I don't think he's going to make the connection that quickly. But if it it's happens, gonna... if it happens again, I think he will. Yeah, and and it's going to be fascinating how Yeager is going to handle that and it's also going to be fascinating because now sonara definitely believes or is sure that tam gave them up so she's going to be constantly just hounding on kaz saying look the first order found us too easy what you did was wrong and who's to say that yeager won't hear overhear a conversation like that with sonara chewing out kaz for doing it i mean there's there's it's going to come out sooner or later that's how they were able to be found in this instant yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get some drama maybe in the next episode or a little bit after of uh, 
between Yeager and Kaz, particularly at now that like, you know, remember they went to Dakar based on Kaz's recommendation. That's true. Uh, and now the Colossus is really alone without any allies. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be, you know, tough to deal with. And and the funny thing is, Yeager is going to look at Kaz saying, you're the one that gave us up. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see from this point forward when Yeager and Doza and everybody figure out that Kaz gave him up, how he's able to redeem himself going forward. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Can he? Will he? We'll find out. Well, it's going to be a happy ending at some point. I don't think they're going to end the whole series on a downer. I mean, we'll have to wait and find out, I guess. Won't I we? know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, shall we get into our rating for this episode? Yeah, yep. I think so. Yep. I'm good. I'll go first. I'll volunteer. I, I, I'm going to give this episode a very solid seven. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was a good episode. Um, I'm just going to get right into my Womp Rats. I'm going to take my seven Womp Rats. And they're going to be on the First Order uh, ship with Tam, trying to console her and keep her from sliding down that path of actually becoming a First Order trooper um, until they get brainwashed and turned against everybody on the First Order uh, uh, ship, and they end up destroying the First Order ship because they just went against everybody and just tore it apart. Wow. Yeah. Just wishful thinking, I guess. <laughs> All right, I guess I guess I can go next. Um, I, I guess I'll give this actually a seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. Um, obviously, it leans a little more into my, you know, the types of things I enjoy in Star Wars, like space battles and things like that. Um, so, yeah, like I'd, I'd give it a good seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. Um and, you know, part of my annoying, the thing, the things I find frustrating around Coaxium is every ship would have to handle, you know, this. It doesn't make sense to have a fuel source that it literally explodes every single time. Uh, but it actually, I've, you know, part of the way I'm going to retcon this and ma- help, you know, make it make sense is that usually Coaxium is handled by Womp Rats. Uh, ah. you know, seven and a half Womp Rats, to be precise. <laughs> Wait, that, that, that retcons this, Stephen? <laughs> that were... That's how most ships handle coaxium because, you know, they have smaller hands so that the coaxium doesn't get shuffled as much. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, except for that half womp rat. I hate well, to see what that, happened. That, yeah. I mean, look, accidents happen. Yeah. Jeez. Totally get oh, it. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I guess that just leaves me, you know, I, yep. I, I'll, I think I'm going to actually go with Steven and give it seven and a half womp rats out of 10. It was a fun episode. I liked how we we got to see Dakar, which is awesome. We're now officially post uh, rise uh, post uh, Last Jedi, uh, which is very very exciting. Like we, this is the furthest we've ever ever seen out in the timeline on on That's TV true. or on film. You know, this is yeah. uh, so we're true. we're in uncharted territory. Even though the Rise of Skywalker is just you know two months away. Um, there's this little golden period where we are the furthest out in the timeline. And that's pretty exciting. Um, I also like seeing, you know, it was nice how they, they were able to get the fuel and, and jump out of there. I'm really curious to see where they continue going on uh, from here. Uh, but uh, we will, we will find that out in just a few days. Also a little uh, fun tidbit. I don't know if you guys noticed at the beginning of the episode, the 
while Tam was in the barracks, there were two stormtroopers having a uh, conversation, and they were talking about how you know did you did you hear about the new TS sevens? Nah, I prefer the VE series, which is just a classic stormtrooper uh, dialogue. All the way going going all the way back to A New Hope, and they've tried to include that in a lot of the new films and uh, and and now the TV series. And it's always it's a nice little touch. So very cool. So I'm gonna give it a uh, sorry. I, I just it, said cool. I, I liked it. Seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And uh, my seven and a half Womp Rats, you know, they're, the, the aces, there's not many of them. They need some help. And so this, my seven and a half Womp Rats are flying with the aces. Uh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Are, there you are go. Womp Rats good pilots? Are the aces? <laughs> Sorry. They're, they're, uh, wow. They are good pilots. Okay. They're not good fighter Bold pilots. Bold claim, instead. William. <laughs> I'll take that action. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The aces are good pilots. Um, they are aces, after all. It's true. Yeah. Steven, you want to tell us what's coming up on Ion Cannon? Sure. So next week, we'll be reviewing Season 2, Episode 3 of The Resistance, titled Live Fire. And the synopsis is, Kaz officially joins the aces, as does Yeager, who trains them to become better combat pilots. Meanwhile, Tam learned what it's like to be a first order pilot. That sounds really cool. I'm excited for this episode. I hadn't read the this synopsis. It's gonna be interesting. Really this sounds really cool. Good. Actually, I'm 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 now really excited uh reading the synopsis. So yeah, so uh thanks for listening. We will uh we'll be back next week with our review of Live Fire. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.